How many of you ever got caught speeding in Arizona? How many knows what it's like to get three tickets in the mail at one time? From Arizona? This summer? From those little things on the side of the road that they deemed illegal a week later? I thought people were taking my pictures. I'm, they were. I want to see the pictures. I'm like, was I like, mm, was I, mm, what was I doing? I wasn't giving those signs y'all give. I would have went, what's up? I used the other finger. It's two weeks I've talked about that now. Let's move on. Not a secret issue. But I'll never forget, I got done with youth camps, and all of a sudden my wife came up to my, I was in my office working on something, and she came into my office, she said, hey, um, did you ever notice flashes going off when you were in Arizona? I said, what? She said, because Hertz just sent us a letter saying they paid three tickets and they taken it off your credit card. <laughs> and I'm like, devils. And she mocked me and got a ticket the next week. I love what God does for me. I'll never forget, Nate got a ticket one time. He was 16 years old, and it was a horrible situation. I had given him a truck to drive, had put the wrong tag on it. He did not have his driver's license. He was speeding, and he calls me. I'm in California, and he's like, Dad, it's bad. I'm stuck on the side of the road. They won't even let me drive anymore. And, and we went home, and he had to go to court for it. And I'll never forget, he was in this little tiny town in Alabama, and it's everything you saw on TV. You literally walk in, and there was a hound dog laying there, I promise you. It's in this old dollar store. That's the Walmarts of small towns. And we go in, and we sit in there for about four hours. And I'm, I keep glancing over periodically and going, I'm going to kill you. And then finally, when the judge said... It was time for us to come up there. I thought I was going to be cool and defend my son. And he told me to shut up. <laughs> I said, well, I'm paying. I, I want to get into this because it's time to get the judge's attention. We sang about Redeemer. We talked about we've been redeemed. The word Redeemer literally means the Avenger has taken up my cause. And what you've got to understand, when Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth, he was saying, there is someone coming that takes up my cause. I want to preach about supernatural faith. I want to talk about, have your day in court. In fact, I want to call this house into session. Because I believe by the time we get done, if I teach, and if you'll let me, I'm going to go elementary again. Much I did it like I did on, on the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about what faith is. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, faith is the art of holding on to things your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. I want to take a journey. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I'll be honest, I'm tired of seeing the church beaten down. I'm tired of seeing worry. I'm tired of seeing default accepted. I'm tired of seeing people coexisting with a mentality that God has somehow forgotten us because we could praise Him really well when everything was going great in our economy. I am so tired of this mentality. I am so tired of listening to the government determine when the recession ends. <laughs> Are you with me? Because they didn't tell Alabama. And so, when, 
and I, and I, I'm just tired of what I've been seeing. Can I say something? Let faith arise in God and, and the enemies be scattered. Can I say something? Can we get, by the time we get done with this service, can we change the mentality that we have taken from Fox and CNN and MSNBC and, and all the other things? Can we finally get a hold of this thing that really kind of lays it all out for us? Somebody give God a praise offering. I want to read you an opening scripture in Luke 18. Then we're going to watch a um, uh, uh, we're going to watch a quick video. But but it says this: For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. Oh, I love that right there. I love that. It sounds like my grandmother. Listen. I want you to watch this video and we're talking about having your day in court because second Corinthians five, seven says we live by faith and not by sight. And my goal is to stir up the faith about how great our God is. Watch this. Jesus told his disciples a story about how they should keep on praying, and never give up in a town. There was once a judge who didn't fear God or care about people. Uh, judge. In that same town, there was a widow who kept going to the judge and saying, Grant me justice against my adversary. For a while, the judge refused to do anything about her demands. Justice! Grant me justice! Everywhere he goes. Hi, I'd like a 16 I want justice! The judge runs all the way to his private locked chambers. Surely there he will find sanctuary from her unceasing petition. Grant me my justice. Okay, okay, get out of here. Let's, right? Finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about people, I will help this widow because she keeps on bothering me. If I don't help her, she will wear me out. Yes! The Lord said, Think about what that crooked judge said. Won't God protect his chosen ones who pray to him day and night? Won't he be concerned for them? He will surely hurry and help them. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find on this earth anyone with faith? I read it to you a moment ago. I said it a moment ago in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. It says, we live by faith and not by sight. I'm reminded of what the word faith in the Greek means. The word is pistis, and it means persuasion, credence, moral convictions of religious truth or the truthfulness of God or religious teacher. But I love the last part of it. It says, especially reliance upon Christ for salvation and deliverance. I've never seen a more lethargic, leave me alone. I'm scared. I'm mad at God. Church is worthless. They just want our money. I'm all alone in this thing. I have to get mine. God has forgotten me, weighted down, angry at the world, forsaken spirit my whole life. And I'm not talking about in the world. I'm talking about in the church. And I've had enough of it. And there, I told Pastor tonight, I, I said, I, I, I'm angry tonight. And he, he, he went, really? Focus. I want to have the faith of a child. I remember when Nate was little and reminded of, I was on a recruiting trip with him to visit a college and he, his youth pastor was with him and we're going to meet some of the coaches and we walked past one of those manholes lids and I said, Nate, remember when you thought the Ninja Turtles lived there? 
Every time we'd walk past one, you'd go, Michelangelo! Donatella! I don't know. That's a shoe. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Sing say, I don't know. And they used to believe the Ninja Turtles lived there. I don't know. Is there some turtles that got into some nuclear waste or something? I'm not sure. But that kind of faith, that mentality, look what it says in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You know what? Here's the problem. A lot of people have faith without hope. A lot of people have hope without faith. But if you ever put the two together, it's I'm hoping for, but I got faith this thing is going to happen. It's Proverbs 29.18 where there's no vision, the people perish, but happy is he the keeper of the law. Understand what I'm saying. You have to have the vision with the people or else it won't go forth. God is saying, I'm looking for people in this house tonight that are tired. Tired of being sick, tired of being broke, tired of walking around listening to what everybody else is saying. God is looking. Now let me explain something to you. And it flows with that prophetic. God had already told me what I was to preach. I had not seen that prophecy till today that was uh, that took place this last weekend. You need to understand something. There is a new wave coming into this house. Some of you that camp out in the same chair every week are about to lose it. Because what's going to happen is God is about to bring people into this place. And I'm going to tell you something else. He spoke to me down there. He's about to bring ministers into this house that need to be healed. And you're going to see every denomination coming into this house. And you're going to begin to see people flooding into this place with a spring of living water that is flowing. And if you choose not to be a part of that thing, you're going to be standing on the banks while everybody else is swimming. And God is saying, I'm about to pour something out in this house. I'm about to blow your mind. He's about to bring giant killers into this place. He's about to bring finances into this place. And if you get under the covering of the favor that is here, watch out. Give God a praise. But I want to teach on faith for just a moment. Let me go deep for a second. Number one, fix the cracks in the foundation. Our entire Christian walk is based on, based on faith. The Bible says you can't even please God without faith. So you've got to learn. Look what it says over in James chapter 1. And I love what T.L. Osborne said. He said, physical eyesight always blinds spiritual vision. I was sitting on the flight flying here last night. And I'm looking out across the sky, and I was about an hour out from Phoenix. It's dark outside, and, and I'm looking out, and there's storms. And you can see lightning flashing and different. It was the coolest thing. And immediately I looked down at my laptop, which is set on central time, and it said 9-11. And immediately I thought about the sign that's in this building that says this will only occupy 11 people. Which is just a sign that this is to be a secret place. And God began to speak to me and he said, you tell that house tomorrow night that I am sending a wave that will not be able to be stopped by gossip. Or by man. And I'm sitting there and he said, just as you're seeing the lightning go off in the atmosphere, son. He said, that's what I have been doing over the house. And there's about to come a rain over that house. He said, they can feel the rumblings and hear the sounds of the lightning. But I'm here to tell you something. God's about to move in this place. Are you believing what I'm talking about? Look what it says in James. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, the twelve tribes scattered greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, you, you can, we, could, we could camp on that scripture for an hour. Because you know that the testing... Of your faith. It is not till your faith gets tested that it gets developed. 
And the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So in other words, perseverance is the next level. It's a mentality that says, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. Look what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 3. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, justified means it is as if I have never done anything wrong. It means justice has ignored me. I should have paid a price, but he justified me. He made me right through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of the Lord. Now, what are we talking about, Pat? Why are you giving us the, the, the fundamentals of faith? Because I honestly believe that it has been so perverted by Christian television. It has been so perverted by mail-outs. It's been so perverted by people that either believe in it or they don't believe in it. And God told me in my heart tonight, He said, Son, I want you to come into that place and I want you to walk them through faith because they've heard it a thousand times from Pastor. They've heard it a thousand times from Pastor Kim, he said, but you're going to be that second voice, that third voice that's going to come in. And some of you are about to get stirred up. We're going to break some things off you tonight. Romans 10 verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and that message is heard through the word of Christ. What did Paul tell Timothy? Three different times. First Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. It means there's going to be a fight. John 14, 12, I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these things because I am going to the Father. Folks, I've never raised anybody from the dead, but if, it, if this scripture is true right here and God's word does not lie and I don't add to or take away, it says I ought to be raising people from the dead. Why? Because God is calling his people back to authority again. Freedom and power and joy and purpose. What does it say in Romans 1 verse 17? The righteous shall live by faith. That term literally means to lean upon. What does Ephesians 2, chapter 8 through 9 say? By grace you're saved through the faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that anybody can, anybody can boast. God says, what I've already done for you, you can't brag about it. I did it for you. I'm going to prove it to you at the end of this. Number two, write this down. Faith is always about motives and motivation. There's a huge difference between needs, wants, and will. How many of you ever drove your parents crazy? Because you wanted to go do something. You went, and, and, and my parents, I mean, you just had to know whether or not they were psycho that day or not. And you just had to know if you wanted to go somewhere. There is a process to getting your way as a child. It's all about timing, church. And I'd ask my mom something. And it was always, go ask your dad. I'd go ask my mom. Or I might go ask my dad, what'd your mom say? She's all for it, Dad. <laughs> you drive them crazy. Hey, I want to do this thing this weekend. I don't know. Let me think about it. There's all, that's, that leaves a little ounce of hope when they say something like that. And you know the limits. You'd even, you'd wait till everybody's at the dinner table laughing. And your dad would tell a joke you've heard a thousand times, but you'd boisterously laugh at it. <laughs> call it manipulation, witchcraft. I call it winning. That's a great joke, Dad. If I hear it again. Then I'd finally ask him, hey, Dad, you know, <laughs> you're funny, you're cute. Dad, can I go this weekend? I'd wait for that moment. But here's the problem. We ask, we don't get, and we get ticked. And we worship one minute with our hands raised towards heaven, and the next minute we're standing there going, why didn't you do this?
Do you know what faith is? Faith is going to the edge of light and taking one step into the darkness. Faith is a crazy mindset. Do you understand that God is not moved by your temper tantrums? He is not suddenly putting on a thing. I'll never forget. Karen went to pick Nate up from school one day at a daycare, and he had seen another little boy pitch a fit. This little boy had fallen down on the ground, just kicked and screamed and hollered. So she goes to pick Nate up from school, and and I guess he had saved this in his arsenal. Because all of a sudden she says, Nate goes, hey, can we go get ice cream? No. And he fell down and started kicking and acting like he was crying. And Karen just stood there. She said, are you done? He goes, yeah, let's go. It didn't work. (laughs) Because we're not going to feed his demon. Listen to what I'm talking about. Do you understand that God is not some Santa Claus? Do you understand he is not a government bailout? He is God. He wants to bless you. But first, foundation has to be in place. Perseverance comes by the testing of the faith. James chapter 4. Now, you're going somewhere, and I'm taking you on a journey. James chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. What, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and you covet, but you cannot have be- what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives and i don't think a wrong motive is a giant screen tv in a cave a man cave i think that's a proper motive but what you have to understand it goes on to say that you may spend what you get on your pleasures he's not santa claus Look at Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says, We don't want you to become lazy, but to, uh, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. Isn't that cool? I swear to me. That's what God said. He wasn't cussing. He wasn't taking his own name in vain. He says he swears by himself. There's nobody greater to talk. Well, I'm looking around. All right, I swear to me. That's what God does. Look what he says right there. It says, saying, I will surely bless you and give you my many descendants to Abraham. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. In other words, Moses. Remember when Moses was getting ready to go and, and, and confront Pharaoh? Let my people go. 400 years of bondage. And, and Moses says, hey God, who should I say sent me? He said, well, just tell him I am. I am. I'm everything. I'm every definition you could come up with. Any grandiose, great definition you have for me, any title. He says, I've already fulfilled that. I'm every blank check. He said, I am everything. He said, you go in there and tell that boy, I am sent you. And he can put at the end of the dot, 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 whatever he wants. But I am. I am the conqueror. I am the overcomer. I am the life. I am the freedom. Somebody praise him tonight like you believe it. I love what the, the, the great... Woman, Corey Tenboon from The Hiding Place. And if you never read her, her story, it's, it's unbelievable. She said this. She said, faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. But, but Pat, can other people take my promises? Do those around you have the power to nullify God's plan for you? Yes, if, if I, I do believe you do if you walk into carnality. But look what Romans chapter 3 says. In other words, if somebody gets around you and says, hey, your dreams are never going to happen, that cannot take your dreams from you. Look what it says. What if some did not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? 
I love this. Not at all. Let God be true and every man a liar. As it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. Just because somebody told you you were stupid. Just somebody told you you're from the wrong side of town. Just because somebody told you you'll never be anything. Somebody told you you could never own a business. Somebody told you you could never get an education. That does not nullify what God has already written in the dreams about your life. The plans for your life. The ideas that he has for you. Somebody praise him. Oh, I'm hurrying. I got to get to this because we're about to focus. There must be a breakthrough. I'm going to tell you, there was a religious spirit that came in here a few minutes ago. And my, I started losing my voice. Because if you get a hold of it, and now, now it's coming back. Roger, you're praying, right? Roxanne, I just want to sing your name. Like sting, but I'm not going to do it right now. I'm not. Roxanne, I'm not. I, it's bad. I'm moving. Oh, focus. That's a bad song. Roger and I will laugh at 4 a.m. in the morning about this. So. <laughs> Number three, there must be a breakthrough. Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That's his wiles. That's his trickery. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the historic world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, the word stand in the Greek right there means not to be overthrown or demolished. What are you talking about? I love what Oswald Chambers says. He said that faith is stepping into that place where you did not think it was possible. It's an understanding. We're going to battle for another level. What is the definition of the term breakthrough? It is a forcible movement into a level that is not previously known. Breakthrough. That place where you begin to see things happen. Suddenly you start getting phone calls. Miracles start happening. It means to break into an area that you've not been to before. To suddenly begin to believe. Some of you don't even know what it's like to dream a new dream. If you're still broke after 20 years of marriage and your credit is shot, something is wrong. Somewhere along the way, you didn't let perseverance rise up through your faith. Somewhere along the way, you didn't learn wisdom. How do you, how do you grow financially? It's simple. It's walking in wisdom. It's a place where you must get a miracle. It's a place where you say, I've had enough of living like this. I'm tired of feeling this way. I am tired. God, if you'll simply teach me how to walk in wisdom, I will bless others with what you have taught me. That's called educated revelation. That's wisdom at the next level. It's the place where you say, this has been given to me freely and freely I must give it away. If you're going to break into a greater area of freedom, you have to continually push on your bondage. Psalms 119 verse 45, I will walk in freedom devoted to your very commands for I have devoted myself to your commands. What are you talking about? God has set the atmosphere. He is calling this church higher. He is saying you keep hitting the ceiling and I'm speaking prophetically. You always get to this one place and then you kind of slow down. He is saying it is time for this place to explode, to bust through the roof, to break the ceiling the enemy has put over you. He's saying I'm calling people in this church. There's something in life you'll never get unless you're willing to fight for it, church. It's when two forces define the lines and they begin to engage. 
you begin to think differently, you start going, wait a minute, I am tired of this. I am tired of the seasonal attack and the hourly attack. I am tired of every time I get a little bit of a breakthrough or one part of my body, something else gets sick or something happens in our finances, another bill comes in the mail. God is looking for overcoming people in this house. Pat, why are you preaching like this? Because I'm ticked tonight. I'm tired of the government telling me when the recession ended. I'm telling you when it ended. It ended the moment I grabbed hold of God's word and said, I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk by authority. I walk by power. Now, God spoke to me something today. You are going to see a supernatural influx of students sitting over here getting college scholarships. He told me that today. Those of you that don't even think about going to college, He's going to begin to drop that in you, and you're going to begin to see miracles happen financially. Oh, that's big stuff. He told me that today. How many of you know it's time for the church to be smart again? I'm talking about taking it back, acquisition of the land. I'm telling you, okay, Holy Spirit, this church is going to begin to see deeds given to this house. You're going to, I'm, I'm just being, I mean, I, 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 I'm being very careful, but, but I'm trying to listen to him. When's the last time you said to Satan, are you serious? Well, you were testing my faith. You were just taking it to the next level called perseverance. When you thought you were taking me out, you were just making me stronger. You're making my armor thicker. You're not tearing my armor off. I'm not going to be a spiritual streaker running around with just a helmet on. I got on the full armor of God. I've taken up my shield of faith. I put on my breastplate of righteousness. I've got some truth on me. I'm not going to lie no more. I'm going to start guarding my feet where I walk. Somebody praise Him. Can I give you the four spirits that are going to have to be broken for us to go to the next level? And I'll get ready to be done. This is what God told me to share. Four spirits you must break through for faith. Four spirits that have to be conquered. And I can personally say that I have had to conquer these. What are they? Number one, the defeated spirit. I was walking through New York City a few weeks ago. We drove past Ellis Island. There's that majestic statue with that torch held up high. Spain had just won the World Cup, so there was a bunch of crazy Spaniards running everywhere. Crazy. But I'm walking down the street, and I saw more defeat in people's eyes. And I went to the corner of Wall Street and Broad and down in that area in the financial district to go back to the boat, and you just saw people walking like this. And I began to think, that is not what our nation is about. But in a nation where... Recently, an address was given last week by our president. He did not, when he began to talk about inalienable rights, he never mentioned the Creator, which is in that document. In a nation where humanism is rising up, it is time for us to defeat some things. So, number one, what are we going to have to break through? Because some of you are standing on the corner of destiny and circumstances. And some of you, you didn't even want to be here tonight because this ain't working for you. This Wednesday night thing is just not happening for you. And you're like, I don't even know why I'm going. You know what? I appreciate it. It's fun. It's a good to have a gathering time, but it's not working for me. But you decide to come anyway, and God's going to meet you at your point of faith. I'm telling you. Defeated spirit. What is that? It's the spirit that grows when we give up before the breakthrough. It's when that situation looks absolutely impossible. It's, it, it, it's the no way can I change this situation. I, 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 I've been overcome. I have nothing left. The obstacle is so big. We forget that every obstacle has a peak. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary who is so powerful, said there's three stages in every work that God calls you to. It goes from the impossible to the difficult to the done. 
But when you're defeated spirit, you begin to co- coexist with that thing that is bigger than you. It begins to own you. And our nation is saturated with a defeated spirit. Well, we can't conquer drugs, so let's just hand out syringes. And uh, we, we, we can't stop that whole abortion thing. Nobody even take that stand anymore. And, and, and so we don't even need to talk about adoption or, or, or helping teenagers make, and, and adults make right choices. Well, well, well Pat, we, 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 we can't, you know, uh, we can't really teach values anymore in schools because of separation of church and state, which is not in the Constitution of the United States. And, and, uh, and, and, and so we're just going to pass out condoms and we'll take the Bible out the front door and we'll bring condoms in the front door. Well, we can't stop alcoholism, but we can start a treatment center and on the other side put a government-fund liquor store to help pay for it on the other side of the street. See, it's that mentality. It's a defeated spirit. It's an enough. Are you getting this? Enough. I've had enough of it. I've dealt with it in my own family when my sister died and I had to walk into my parents' house and say, and I literally walked into my mom and dad's bedroom and I saw a death angel standing in the door waiting on them to die and i walked into their bedroom and i said get your hands off my parents i've already lost my sister i'm not losing them too i said you demonic power get out of this house i've had enough of you get your stinking in jesus don't invoke the name of jesus because you might see a breakthrough are you with me so far this jeremiah 2011 is one of my favorite the lord stands beside us like a great warrior I'll never forget, I was getting ready to launch the church and I was scared to death because I was stepping out on faith and it was a crazy thing. And I'm in a hotel room in, in San Jose, California, or Santa Cruz, California. I'm in a Hilton preaching a youth camp. That's what I call awesome. And, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm getting dressed to go do a morning session and I look over in the corner and I, and I may have told you this, but I saw these, this giant, a centurion angel standing there holding a sword that was flame lit. And I saw the wings. The room was too short. The wings were literally leaning over him like this. And I looked back and I turned back and I screamed. And you know you're scared when you scream by yourself. And as you can tell, I haven't really got out of puberty yet. So I think I broke some glass. And I looked back and it was gone. And I said, okay. Where was that, God? And he said, I just wanted you to know you weren't by yourself right now. First John 1, 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. And in him there is no darkness. And the enemy's goal is for you to live in a dim lit room, half dark, half lit. When God is saying, step into the light, you'll be able to read what I wrote out for you. If you'll step right over here out of that darkness, out of the things that people are speaking inside of you. What are you talking about, Pat? Many of us have been through so much, we feel like we're not going to win. We can't win. Every time I, everybody else win, we take on a defeated spirit. It takes on the identity of who I am. Those, those are the very people you don't ask how they're doing. I learned. There's certain people I didn't say, how you doing? I say, hey, we'll talk to you later. You know what I mean? Because if you ask them how they're doing, get a tent and a lantern because you're going camping because it's going to be a while. We take on that mentality of a defeated spirit and we don't even know the difference between a hand up or a hand out. Romans 8, 4 says, I do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Romans 8, 30, verse 31 says, I am a more than a conqueror. That means I'm the next level up. It's when faith goes to perseverance level. It's, can I tell you, you can always tell someone is defeated by their vocabulary. 
Psalms 119 verse 14, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. It's that place where you don't have to speak what you're always feeling. You sometimes have to step out in faith and speak what is not happening yet. When somebody says, how you doing? And you, and you walk up and, and they go, how you doing? You need to learn the power of saying, I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed in the mountains. I'm blessed in the ocean. I'm blessed wherever I go because he gave me a promise. If I'd walk through the water, I wouldn't drown. If I go through the fire, I won't be burnt. I may not feel like much right now because I got a demon for a boss or because this is going on but at, at the same time i have made up my mind i am speaking proverbs eighteen twenty one. the mouth of life and death is right here and i am speaking my victory regardless because no man can take my promises there are 365 fear knots in this book 52 one another's 32,000 promises i walk by faith not by sight somebody praise him folks there is power in your declaration and adoration It means I'm going to worship. When she says, everybody raise your hands, I'm going to worship whether I feel like it or not. Oh, is somebody help me preach? That's when the Bible says, lay aside what besets you. I don't even know what that word means. Go beset her. I just like to quote it. Folks, when are you going to start seeing things differently? I'm reminded of a really cool story. One night there was a, a violent thunderstorm and the lightning flashed and the thunder rumbled and it was one of those terrifying storms that forces everyone to stop and tremble just a little bit. A seven-year-old little girl, my little girl, seven-year-old, was upstairs in her bedroom. Her father immediately got up out of bed and ran upstairs to his daughter's room to assure her that everything would be all right. He got to her room and found her standing on the windowsill, spread eagle against the glass. He shouted, what are you doing? She turned away from the flashing lightning and happily reported, I think God is taking my picture. It's about seeing it different. It's about seeing it different. If I just got fired from my job, I guess God's about to launch my new business. It's about seeing it differently. If they fire me and the wealth of wicked is stored up for the righteous, I guess that means I'm going to get a better job than the boss that fired me. See, it's a mentality. It's about changing the way you think. We always worship when everything goes right and we blame Him when it goes bad. It's about getting reconciled with Him. Knowing your relationship with your Father. Look what it says in Romans 5 verse 10. For if when we were God's enemies we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we receive the reconciliation. What are you talking about? Number two spirit. We got to defeat. It's called a worried spirit. Folks, this conquers me. This gets me. My son called me right before service. Said, Dad, I'm driving to the airport in the morning. He's flying home tomorrow to, to be with us for a couple of days. And immediately that thing came on me. Him driving through Dallas early in the morning. Immediately I'm going, oh. And I had to say, wait just a minute. You know what worry is? It's like sitting in a rocking chair and you think you're going somewhere and you're not. Look where I'm going, Dad. That was funny. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 27 through 34. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. 
Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all, all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all that other stuff taken care of. That's what it says right there. It'll be added to you. 